It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free. You can bring up anything that you'd like. That's right. We're here. Those other talk show hosts, they probably took the day off. Here we are at uh, 855-450-FREE. And as always, uh, it's Ian here with you. JJ. And Mark. We invite you on over to the website at freetalklive.com. You can head there and enjoy the various features that you'll find there totally free. Unlike those other talk show hosts who not only want to take all kinds of time off the air, they also want to charge you to access their website. So go and use ours for free. In fact, you can control the content of the site by finding something online that you think is pretty interesting. You submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com, and then other listeners can vote up or down, whether they like or dislike what you've put in there, and you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of our site at freetalklive.com. You know, the fu- the holidays are, are their, their funny time. Uh, people, you know, you're you're supposed to be having fun with family is what they tell you on TV. And But there's always downtime. Even if you are having family events, there's time when you're sort of around and like, you know, we should go do something except everything's closed. and So everybody sits around and watches football or whatever. Right. right? It's like the only live programming that's out there. And, you know, Free Talk Live tries to, you know, help you with those times. Wow. That's yeah. great. Yeah, well, I mean, the way I see it is people are still driving, too. A lot of them on Thanksgiving, driving to and fro uh, different uh, family locations and the radio signals are still on the air. So well, it's, we, it's also a good opportunity to introduce family members to Free Talk Live. Exactly right. Uh, maybe start up an argument or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> really get people mad. <laughs> uh, I guess some people's uh, Thanksgivings are a little more hmm, controversial than others. I Thankfully, I haven't had that problem with uh, with my family. But Call in with your holiday disaster story. Well, I think sometimes what happens is that you know, families, it, it's sort of like a tree where the brand, people grow apart, like branches grow apart from each mm-hmm. other. And in some respects, you have family members who are more religious and less religious, and they right. come together. And then there's a certain sort of, um, I guess, someone has to give in, in some respect. There's mm-hmm. Someone's like, well, I'm not really a religious person, but I guess I'll say the prayer for the family meal or whatever. Or someone and, says something religious and the, the a-religious person has to hold their tongue for fear of exactly. you know, starting something. It does... I wonder how often it's uh, it's the a religious person that has to do it versus the religious person. I would I would guess it's probably more the a religious people. I don't know. Religion does seem to have gravitas, and um, especially if it's the religion of the family, certainly the a religious person. Has yeah, to. I think it has to do with the number of um, like uh, elder generation, like grand folks and whatnot, are in the in the room in the presence that dictates whether or not the a religious person you know actually says something because of you know the grand you don't want to you don't want to upset grandma, grandma or grandpa yeah. on thanksgiving when they're they're all happy and good and point. all that they're sort of paid stuff for all the food right exactly and they're all like oh good to see you here's some money i don't need money but thanks well one of the comments <laughs> i need money yeah one sit of the here comments that was made tonight uh, by one of the people over at the uh, the liberty activist thanksgiving that we had at the keen activist center it's was, was that uh, yeah it was great there were about 25 people there and it was a great time for everybody but somebody made the comment that they were so glad to be there instead of at some family dinner because they would have had to have been part of a prayer at the family dinner and nobody at least noticeably said uh, a prayer at the the keen activist center so they felt good about that i don't mind the the prayer you know that doesn't do i I don't mind it at all. I was uh, out with a friend, I think it was yesterday, and we went for a meal at uh, the local diner. And beforehand, we, uh, you know, said a silent. We're Quakers. We don't say prayers. You just sit silently. Well, for that's a different. Yeah. When people are actually speaking, then there's always a chance somebody's going to be offended by what's being said. 
So I thought it was great. It was a great day here in uh, beautiful Keene, New right. Hampshire, uh, one of the, uh, the the destination cities of the Free State Project. Uh, people moving here to still New Hampshire. undisputed media king of New Hampshire that's, or that's the Shire, true. the Liberty Media King of the World. Yes. Actually, as, wow. uh, as a matter of fact, I, I don't think anyone can dispute that. And uh, Manchester, obviously, a big draw as well. I I think there were some Thanksgivingy things going Certainly, on. Certainly, I think there's Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving celebrations all over the state. That's and, right. And if you moved here with the, uh, the the Free State Project sort of intention in mind, then uh, you would definitely be able to find people to spend time with. Sure. And obviously, a lot of individuals who are able go home to their families if it's if it's possible and feasible. Yep. But then there's a lot of individuals who don't have that capability, and so they they spend their time here, and, and it's just the voluntary family, so to speak, gets together, and, and it's a good time. It's always been a good time. Every holiday I've been here going on four years, and next week it'll be four years. Some great cooks. Yes. Yeah, the, the, I mean, everything was great. and uh, there The was person a- who makes the, the turkey always gets to run away with the prize of the best thing, though, because, I mean, turkey is tasty in and of itself. Yeah. It takes a lot if of you time. you don't mess too. it up. It is. It's a lot of work. And it's a big, I mean, it's a, he's a big bird. Yeah. And there was two of these turkeys two this of them, time, yeah. so. And they were gone. Yeah. I mean, so they ate everything off of that turkey. Plus a couple <laughs> it was of, a big uh, event. A couple of folks are visiting up from uh, Baltimore uh, yeah. tonight, and they made a comment that things were cleaned up so quickly because there's just so many people around to help. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's great because it, it's great. One of the, the real perks to being up here is when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, I mean, it's up to you if you want to plug into the community or not. There are some people that move here and, you know, they want to move off into the woods and not talk to anybody. But or they stay in town and really don't talk to anybody. They just moved up for the Free State Project. You I know? suppose. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't know who they are, right? Because if they don't come out, then they don't come out. And There's some that rarely come out, but you yeah. you know, see them about now and then. But if you if you do come out and you do plug into kind of the social scene that is available. It's there here, for you. Uh, it's great because you're meeting people who are of a like mindset. And the comment from the gentleman from Baltimore tonight was that, you know, he feels like no one gets it where he's from. And, you know, almost like, you know, almost as though he's an alien mm. where he lives. Like he's just that feels that cast aside or that cast out. And it doesn't, it's not like that here because you've actually got, you know, 25 people in one place for Thanksgiving that are all on the same page from, uh, you know, the liberty perspective. And you know, I think part of the reason things. why it's so powerful is that as opposed to having sort of a religious, you know, like if you meet if you're a religious person and you meet someone who's Christian and you guys can connect on, you know, the same religion, whatever it is, and you can connect on that belief system and you have some shared ideas and shared values. That's one thing. But that religion is only one aspect of a person's life, usually, whereas I think the liberty people, uh, they the ideas and the philosophies and and whatnot of liberty are more of a f- total life sort of um i, I guess uh, philosophy it, it affects every part of your life the the idea that you will you know try to peacefully navigate through the challenges and obstacles that life hands you and i think it makes it better yeah. as well for people that have differing beliefs in other areas so for instance there are people i mean even though there wasn't a prayer said tonight doesn't mean that there weren't people there who might be christian uh, there are True. people in this movement who are very devout religious individuals, but they mix with atheists and they mix with agnostics and they mix with people of different religions. I also think and, that they have their own little, um, you know, to some extent they have their, they have the guys, the folks that they hang out with. I mean, I usually, groups, I usually sure. go to a different 
uh, event, uh, uh, Thanksgiving event that's put on by Free Stater folks. It's just, you know, tends my to be. Point, my point is that uh, when you're around the liberty community, you can have, you can mix with these diff- people of different mindsets. You don't have to worry as an atheist if, you don't have to worry that the Christian that you're talking to is going to try to convert you, uh, that, that I've seen right. at least. Uh, people seem There's to be very, very little evangelizing. People seem to be very respectful of others who have differing belief systems because I think at the core of the liberty belief, the, or the liberty mindset, is the idea of allowing others to have their beliefs and to have their habits or have you know whatever it is that their preferences are and to not attempt to change those things about them. I've never felt that. I've never felt anyone coming in on me to try to you know try to make me think a different way or or whatever any conversations we've just had have simply i think a lot of the christians have felt that way though i think that they've felt like people are coming in on them and trying to make them feel a certain really? way yeah yeah i mean that's what the complaint has I've never been seen i've never seen that is happen. that anytime that they you know say something that's religious then they tend to get uh, I ha- jumped on by i have seen a little atheists. bit but it, it, it's it's few and far between, and it's more, I think, more like debate-orientated than sort of hateful or bigoted or anything like that. I think that. it's debate-oriented. Yes. I've I, never seen any atheists try to convert Christians. I mean, they may be atheists who are— uh, You're not very, talking to Christians, then. I mean, I've been around for these conversations. I've seen, uh, the, you know, an atheist that's been very vehement about his beliefs, but I'd, I've never seen How him. would that look if it was a Christian that was being very vehement about their beliefs? Well, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. I think that they can both separate afterwards. The and, nice thing about it not being a Christian is that, um, uh, you know, the, the Christians generally have the, if you don't believe what I believe, you go to hell thing. The atheists say, if you don't believe what I believe, we both get, we're both worm food. one 450 free is the toll-free number, 855-450-3733. My point was they could separate after the conversation and still be free. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. Toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. We invite you over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see it. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, Man Venture Outpost carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, and they do so at rates... I mean, you've got to check this stuff out. If you're going to be buying any um, any camping, hunting, or shooting gear in the near future, you need to check out Man Venture Outpost's uh, uh, selection and prices. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. 
So uh, let's get back into this discussion about religion and the uh, the liberty movement uh, up here in New Hampshire is where we all live uh, because we moved here as part of the Free State Project, getting as many liberty-minded people together in the same place as possible. Uh, there are over 11,000 people that have joined the Free State Project thus far. About 1,000 are actually in New Hampshire at this point, uh, and we'd like to see that number grow to as large as possible. We'd like to hit the number of 20,000. That would be ideal. But if 30,000 can move, that'd be great, too. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're working on our way up to, uh, to 11,000 and want to encourage people to move as quickly as possible. And I wanted to address something that you said before, Mark, uh, in a little bit more detail, because it was, it was a surprise to me. You had said that Christians, using the plural, had felt uncomfortable about conversations they'd had with atheists within the movement up here. And when I asked you to nail that down a little further, give me an example, because I'd never seen it happening uh, you gave the example of uh, a lady that was on our show for a while, Michelle, and she is a very opinionated lady, and she's the kind of woman who's going to start that conversation in the first place. And I've seen the way I heard it, the story portrayed, but okay. you know, as a matter of fact, I saw on a Facebook post, and, and this is the only way that I would have privy uh, to this that you know she made some comment on a Facebook post, and somebody, um, and if you want to name names, Tommy, uh, when it jumped in, and and you know without sort of prompting had something to say about it. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if it has to do with the history between the two, but if this is happening, for one, it seems reasonable among, you know, the small amount of free staters I know that, uh, therefore, it must be happening elsewhere. I, I just don't want to make it seem like the only well, right, the only class that ever has to deal with any kind of uh, uh, strife um, in the, the context of the religious conversation are the people that don't believe in a religious thing and have to deal with, oh, those people are praying at Thanksgiving. I mean, I you know, let's be clear that there are all different kinds of people, and there's tensions in all, all different kinds of ways. All I was saying is that they, they, I see them getting along. I mean, I, I've seen some conversations about religion, and I've seen people have very strong beliefs about their religion, but I've never seen them be unfriendly to one another afterwards. I've never seen those conversations affect them, you know, long term or anything like that. That's been my observation, uh, JJ. I don't know if you've experienced I, anything differently. I don't well, know how I'm getting pushed I'm into this. JJ, I don't know how sorry. I'm getting pushed into this position that I. Think think that this has turned into some kind of Hatfield and McCoy thing. I'm just saying the conversations have occurred, right? Conversations have occurred, but are you saying that you know there are real hard feelings afterwards? Like some people have them. I don't know. Of, I don't I, know of any of that. I haven't had anyone express that to me, but at the same time, I know, you know, well, Michelle's situation. I've seen you know that sort of stuff, and and I think in the case that I've seen people that sort of argue with Michelle or whoever else is is religious are definitely the kind of people that are just argumentative yeah. to, to respect about that sort of thing. Like uh, like the post you were talking about, I think, you know, was, was probably along the lines of maybe trolling or just sort of poking fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it sort of, it depends on the person on the receiving end, you know, their perspective. Of course, they can be butthurt about whatever they want, however many times or for whatever reason. They're, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be some some prescribed uh, justification for being upset, you can take offense to anything. But as far as long-term sort of uh, problems, I I don't really see that. But at the same time, I think people have learned that, um, you know, certain conversations are going to elect a certain kind of uh, passionate dialogue. From some 
from some yes. people. And I have seen there's one guy in particular I can think of that uh, is a very devout atheist and very kind of uh, will, you know, tell you about it and doesn't, you know, isn't afraid to kind of go on the attack. And I think that there are, you know, Michelle is also a very devout Christian at the same time. And you put the two of them together in that conversation and things might seem a little uncomfortable, but I still see those two interacting. They still come to the same parties. They still come to the same places. Everything seems to be fine. My point was, Mark, people may have a very heated conversation about religion, but because they are connected from the liberty standpoint, that they're not you know, trying to force each other to believe a certain way. Maybe they have a vehement feeling about their religion or lack thereof, but I've never seen them, uh, you know, real hard feelings follow those sorts of conversations. That may be where you're coming from. I'm just, uh, you know, when, when some of the conversation that was going on here was like, oh, those darn Christians aren't infiltrating our group, and when they do, they keep the, they, they, they sit in the back of the bus and they don't say anything. I don't and think that was said that, tonight. That was, what it, that was with the sound of it, and I want to make what, sure what that the other say, end What made you of, think that? What's that? What made you think the, that? The, the, the feeling of the conversation. Did you want me to play back something? No, I'm just wondering what, uh, if there was something specific that was said that no made pra- you no think No prayers that. were, you know, mentioned or anything like that specifically. Hey, yeah, you know, we didn't have to do it. Prayers, yeah. Someone commented, I was real, just simply relaying what someone said tonight about the Thanksgiving dinner that was had locally here. That, that's all. I, I mean, there have, we had a religious-based uh, uh, kind of theological uh, discussion last, I think it was just last night or the night before that at the, uh, the KAC. Yeah. And that was, it was fine. I think religion comes up when it comes up, and everybody's respectful towards one another for the most part. Definitely. Yeah. So that was all that I was trying to say, Mark. You kind of took it off in a different direction. Oh, yeah. I, it's I think all my that, fault. I think that Christians uh, should feel welcomed here because there are Christians all over the place. Uh, I mean, some of the most active and visible activists that we've had have been very, very devoted, uh, devoted Christians. Yep. So... Eight five five four fifty free. I think that there are probably some Buddhists uh, within the the movement as well, and people of all sorts of uh, religious belief systems. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the toll free number here tonight. Of course, it is Thanksgiving Day edition of the program, and inevitably that means that we probably should tell the same old story we tell every single year. Longtime well, listeners of yeah, I mean, same old story. This is a story that most people probably have not heard. Um, even you know, if you've listened to Free Talk Live for a long period of time, you have. Right. Most people outside of lengthy listeners of this program. Have yeah, not. and there's been attempts to debunk this story, and in fact, um, you know, we debunked the debunkers last year. So, uh, you know, that, but I think that the story is entirely inst- instructive, and in that it uh, gives a it gives a really great view of sort of these ideas of uh, you know communism and egalitarian. That kind of thing. I don't know if I should really go through and read this thing. Uh, Mark, if you want to pull it up, I'd appreciate it. It's at the top of lourockwell.com. Anybody that wants to see this, it's at lourockwell.com. I'm still kind of getting over being sick, and I was reading some copy for a commercial today, and I was having trouble getting through a few lines without kind of having my i don't know what's going on but still i'm still hacking phlegm up in the morning and so that's still affecting how much i can actually you know how, how i can continue to uh, to speak so we're going to share the real thanksgiving story here with you in just a moment also would love to get you and uh, your thoughts on here as well about whatever's on your mind 855-450-FREE maybe you want to tell us what you're thankful for i am really thankful to be here with you guys tonight and that uh, we have so much fun and so many great listeners and supporters and advertisers uh, and all these great folks that have moved up here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I'm really thankful for them, as well as everybody that loves liberty that's coming here. It's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keen. 
Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program, 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you will find there. We give them to you free. In fact, you can get signed up for the Free Talk Live news updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You'll know it first if you're on the news lists, and you can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com. I actually sent out an update late last night as I wrapped up uh, some production work. Usually when there are holidays, the, it gives me an excuse to kind of change gears and do some other things that I normally wouldn't uh, do during the week. And I got some produ- you know, production work done, did some 60-second promos, like to make some of those from the old show archives from a long time ago. I was working all the way back to like 2008. I have so many... So so much promo material that like I've just been making notes about over the years, and since I'm the only one who makes them, you know, I just kind of I do at least twelve a year, so kind of like one per month is averaged out what it is. But I I usually only do it two or three times a year, and so I do like six, Bunch four, six them. at a time. So there's some great moments, uh, like the 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 lady who. Was seeing visions of bunnies. That's my favorite alien one. bunnies. Yeah. yeah, the alien bunnies one. Wait, that was what? the best promo. Yeah, that was definitely the best from this bunch. Yeah. Uh, so she, yeah, she. Well, it was weird. She called into the show to tell us about the the story about how she saw a vision in her mind of these alien bunnies that. Uh, and it's hard for me to recount it all, but they had these habits, and she was talking about the Constitution, and apparently the bunnies were very concerned about the loss of freedom, and that they loved the Constitution, and basically it was, she was treating us as though we were children uh, when hmm. she was talking to us, and she wasn't very coherent with uh, with what she was saying, but I think that what it ended up breaking down to was that she had come up with some sort of a story that she could tell children to kind of encourage them to, you know, embrace the Constitution and <laughs> think, stuff like that and, and embrace freedom of speech. Like, I think her motivations were, were pure. It's just that she treated us as though we were five-year-olds. Just when, trying the story out on us. Yeah, yeah, when we were talking we seemed young. with her. <laughs> How long ago did this happen? This was a few years ago. Yeah, but the promo's okay. up now. I didn't even remember it until I heard the promo vaguely, yeah. and I only vaguely remember it now. You can you can hear the promos over at uh, promos.freetalklive.com, or you can just go to the news list, uh, news.freetalklive.com, get signed up there, and then you can see it. Or hit our Facebook page. I always post everything on the Facebook page, too. Uh, you can find them there, uh, link to them there as well. So you can do all that stuff and uh, call us up at 855-450-FREE. We've been talking about Thanksgiving, it being Thanksgiving Day, and we've got the Thanksgiving story from Mises.org over at LouRockwell.com. Yeah, this is at Lou Rockwell. It's uh, reprinted from Mises. It's uh, written by 
Richard J. Mayberry, and it actually appeared originally in 1985. Now, this is history, so it doesn't need to be updated too often. Mm -hmm. And as I said, there's a debunking that came out, I think it was last year in the New York Times, and we debunked the debunking um, with with historical documents. Um, We spent much more time on it than I suspect we'll be um, spending on this relatively short article comparative to the, the time we spent last year. But this is something we do every year, and it's a great story for those who've never heard it. It really lays out why the ideas of freedom, liberty, uh, personal responsibility, um, you know, people owning their own property, property rights, these things work. Not only that, it's iconoclastic because it completely debunks – this story debunks the one that you get taught when you're in government school, which is almost a total fabrication. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Each year, at this time, school children all over America are taught the official Thanksgiving story, and newspapers, radio, TV, magazines devote vast amounts of time and space to it. It's all very colorful and fascinating. It's also very deceiving. This official story is nothing like what really happened. It's a fairy tale, a whitewashed, sanitized collection of half-truths that divert attention away from Thanksgiving's real meaning. The official story was the Pilgrims boarding the Mayflower, coming to America and establishing the Plymouth Colony in the winter of 1620-1621. This winter is hard and half the colonists die, but the survivors are hardworking and tenacious and they learn new farming techniques from the Indians. Thanks the, to Squanto. The, 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 the harvest. <laughs> I remember that name from yeah. school. The harvest of 1621 is bountiful. The pilgrims hold a celebration and give thanks to God and they're grateful for the wonderful new abundant land he's right, given They leave them. out the whole part about slaughtering the Indians and you know all the other terrible things that... No, no, come on. America, this is uh, a land of the free. We'd never, never do anything like that. That's crazy talk right there. I don't think that happened uh, the first Thanksgiving. I mean, there was, uh, there was an incident. <laughs> no, they starved. There was an incident where the pilgrims landed. They found uh, sort of a vac- vacated Indian village. They didn't realize how these folks traveled, and they took some seed corn and stuff like that, and, and so they had to make good on that, But as, as the case may be. Um, the the first winter was hard. Half the colonists died, but the survivors are hardworking and tenacious, and they learn new farming techniques. From that yep. The harvest of uh, 1621 is bountiful. The pilgrims hold a celebration and give thanks to God. They're grateful for the wonderful new, abundant land he's given them. The official story then has the pilgrims living more or less happily ever after, each year repeating the first Thanksgiving. Other early colonies have... Hard times at first, but they soon prosper and adopt the annual tradition of giving thanks for this prosperous new land called America. The problem with the official story is that the harvest of 1621 was not bountiful, nor were the colonists hardworking or tenacious. 1621 was a famine year, and many of the colonists were lazy thieves. Oh, come on, really? No, no, listen, I have this fantasy about how America was created and, and it's all wonderful and full of pomp and circumstance and, and glorious one-line quotes from generals and people with fancy wigs. This can't be true. Got to have some wigs. Lazy Americans? In the thought? In the history, well, I don't think that there's, a, you can't draw any, I think Americans are some of the hardest working people in the world and the reason is is that property rights have been at least better in this country um, in the period of time that America exists. Yeah, but most. there's one thing that encourages uh, laziness and that is a uh, welfare system. Sure. Right? Sure. 
And that's basically what they had. In his history of Plymouth Plantation, the governor of the colony, William Bradford, who was an unrepentant uh, religious bigot, reported the colonists went hungry for years because they refused to work in the fields. They preferred instead to steal food. He says the colony was riddled with corruption and with confusion and dissent. The crops were small because much was stolen both by night and day before it became scarce. Eatable. In the harvest feasts of uh, 1621 and 1622, all had their hungry bellies filled, but only briefly. The prevailing condition during those years was not the abundance, the official story claims. It was famine and death. The first Thanksgiving was not so much a celebration of the bounty. It was the meal of condemned men. But in subsequent... The last meal. Yes, is it say the last meal? I'm sorry. Yes, it does. I'm looking through the uh, the, the wire here. But a subsequent uh, years, something changes. The harvest of 1623 was different. Suddenly, instead of famine, God gave them plenty, Bradford wrote, and the face of things was changed to the rejoicing of the hearts of many for which they blessed God. Thereafter, he wrote... Any general want or famine, general want or famine, hath not been amongst them since to this day. In fact, in 1624, so much food was produced that the colonists were able to begin exporting corn. Now that's a big change. It was all God, though, huh? Like apparently, God just waved his magic wand and made everything better, right? I I, I think God no, set, actually, set up systems that uh, are better and systems that are and that the, there are if you you know don't devote uh, the proper energy to those systems you're going to have problems. Well, I think that the colonists just respected the authority of the church and tied their ten percent as they they should and ought to have, and yeah, things worked out. And they were blessed with bounteous crops That's and right. everything. No, it didn't happen that way at all. After the poor harvest of 1622, writes Bradford, they began to think how they might raise as much corn as they could and obtain a better crop. They began to question their form of economic organization. This had required that all profits and benefits that are got by trade, working, fishing, or any other means were to be placed in the common stock of the colony, and that all such persons are of this colony to have their meat, drink, apparel, and all provisions out of the common stock. A person was to put into the common stock all he could and take out only what he needed. But that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yep, to each according to his need and each according uh, from, from each, each according, according to, their, to his, from each according to damn it his ability <laughs> to, to to each, each according yeah from each according to his ability to each according to his need it's an old Karl Marx quote if I'm not mistaken so that's how they were running the colony was basically a communist wealth redistribution what? program we'll come back with more it's free talk live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's live Thanksgiving Day edition of the show. We're here to take your calls about anything, as always, at 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number, and it's brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there, totally free. Again, freetalklive.com. 
Bitcoin.com. You've probably been hearing a lot about the new digital currency known as Bitcoin. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live, you certainly have. Obtaining them up to this point has been a little tricky. Crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your Bitcoins. They also offer a complete bullion store where you can buy and sell gold and silver privately with Bitcoin. If you're totally clueless about the Bitcoin currency, they've got 24-hour customer service. Just visit their site and click on the live support link at the top. See the crypto exchange banner posted at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. It's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of Bitcoin, uh, we actually have a Bitcoin page on our site that allows you to contribute Bitcoins to Free Talk Live. That is bitcoin.freetalklive.com, yeah, yes. Should, uh, should you like, you can do that there. And uh, then there's one of the many ways you can help uh, support this program. Another one is to do your shopping at free, uh, through Free Talk Live. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and you'll find links to Amazon there. You click into those Amazon links and whatever it is you purchase, whether it's for you or a friend or a family member, because tomorrow is obviously Black Friday, huge shopping day, the biggest of the year. Huge. Amazon is bound to have some deals. Big discounts. Uh, people are promoting discounts all across the web. But if you're buying through Amazon, you know you're getting usually a great deal, free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items, and of course, plenty of time to get things shipped before Christmas. So get, uh, get on over to shop.freetalklive.com. And order whatever it is you're looking for. Free Talk Live will benefit from your purchases. That's shop.freetalklive.com. And Mark, you're sharing with us the what is entitled The Great Thanksgiving Hoax. It's available at the top of lewrockwell.com today. It's an old article from the 1980s over at uh, Mises.org. And essentially what it's doing is, or it's about to do, is debunk the the kind of the classic traditional government school version Thanksgiving story, the one that says, hey, come on, they all came over and they got out together with the Indians and they had a bounteous Thanksgiving and everybody had a great time and everything was just super. But it turns out that the first, uh, what was it, 1620, uh, 1621 rather, yeah, was uh, basically, as, as it's described, the last meal of condemned men. They, they 1622 were also, right? 1640? 1620. Oh, yeah, 1621 also. and 1622. Uh, they were... Uh, they were experiencing famine they were experiencing thefts they were experiencing laziness there was all kinds of problems that were contributing to the fact that uh, these people didn't have much to eat at all and so then things changed in 1623 where they had uh, were given plenty but it wasn't just that it appeared it wasn't just that it was a good growing season they changed their economic system and as you were describing to us mark uh, the portion of the story we were just uh, just on had explained that uh, the way things were in 1621 and 22 was kind of the central control situation where everybody who was growing something or manufacturing something or whatever it was they were doing, they'd have to put it in Fishing. the common stock. Right. And then that common stock would be distributed to each member of the community according to their needs. That's so correct. a very uh, Marxian kind of uh, perspective, even though this was long before Karl Marx ever alive, uh, was ever alive. And that is, you know, it's communism. And communism has been tried again and again and again. And it, it seems like a really great idea. You know, if we could just if we could just control everything, then we could distribute it more efficiently. I mean, for God's sakes, doesn't that make sense? But no, not at all. I mean, it, it, well, it doesn't work. It's reverse. <laughs> 
for one. It doesn't work. Uh, the people that uh, do the distribution will always be the ones that are taken care of when the ones who don't do the distribution won't be. Those, uh, you know, those that uh, put their stuff into the common stock are much less likely to work very hard if they don't get to benefit themselves. They don't get right. to reap the rewards no of their efforts. And if you've got an individual or a group of individuals, whoever it is that was in charge of this common stock, for instance, that is making decisions, they will always make decisions that are inc- incorrect because humans are fallible and they we make mistakes. Unfortunately, when it comes to food and you're trying to decide who should get what, well, then you might make mistakes that result in people starving to death or the system that you've created results, as you pointed out, in people being lazy and not industrious. And I not don't know creating. that it's lazy. It's just that their incentives are off. Well, um, this is true. I mean, but, I don't think it's laziness. But, well, but the idea behind the communism is that everybody loves this communist system so right. great that they're just going to put their back into it and they're going to just crank out as much as they possibly can for the good of the community. Uh, and but people soon realize that I don't have to throw my back out Somebody else will do it, and uh, you know right. I can just work half. Uh, you know I, I just do halfway. Well, and that's what was happening. It was people were complaining, "Oh, I'm hurt. I can't work today," or you know they were coming up with excuses as to why they couldn't do what they otherwise should supposedly be doing by the system that they were that they were this in. This was the problem with uh, prison labor. Um, you know, when I, I spent uh, nine years in prison, and I can tell you that this was exactly the same issue that they had over and over again. I did some uh, roofing work with this guy, and we were just set off on our our own to take care of the roofs on the bachelor officers quarters and places like that and i remember specifically him saying oh i haven't even found my lowest gears yet i just keep on getting slower and slower wow. uh, i mean you know and i don't have anything bad to say about him why in the world would this biker guy that uh, you know was thrown in for some stupid drug charge actually a vop on some stupid drug charge mm-hmm. want to work his butt off um you know fixing the roof of the bachelor officers right, where's quarter. the extra, i can where's say the bonus? in his uh defense that when he worked with me that he always did a quality job he just didn't do it very fast why 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 rush it you're going to be back tomorrow you know right. uh and you're not getting paid any extra so they changed the system right mark what indeed happened? uh this from each according to his ability to each according to his need was an early form of socialism and is why the pilgrims were starving bradford writes that young men that are most able and fit for labor and service complained about being forced to spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children. Now, these are quote marks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that think this that is the from story... Journal. Yeah, it's right from Bradford's journal. For those that think that the story may not be true, go ahead and look it up yourself. Spend, they spend their... T- excuse me. Also, the strong or man of parts had no more in division of victuals and clothing than he that was weak. So the young and strong refused to work, and the total amount of food produced was never adequate. People who the you know, big guys didn't get as much food, didn't get more food than little women, and mm-hmm. you can imagine how difficult that was. To rectify this situation in 1623, Bradford abolished socialism. He gave each household a parcel of land and told them that they could keep what they produced or traded away as they saw fit. In other words, he replaced socialism with a free market, and it was the end of famines. Many early groups of colonists set up socialist states, all with the same terrible results. At Jamestown, established between 1607, out of every shipload of settlers that arrived, less than half would survive their first 12 months in America. Hmm. Most of the work was being done by only one-fifth of the men, the other four-fifths choosing to be parasites. Isn't that the 80-20 rule right there? There's the 80 yeah. That is it. In the winter of 1609-1610, called the Starving Time, the population fell from 500 to 60. Whoa. 
when the Jamestown colony was converted to a free market and the results were uh, uh, every bit as dramatic as those in Plymouth in 1641, Colony Secretary Ralph... 1614. What did I say? Just said 1641, excuse me. Colony Secretary Ralph Hamer wrote that after the switch, there was plenty of food, which every man by his own industry may easily and doth procure. These are in quotes. He said that when the socialist system had prevailed, we reaped not so much corn from the labors of 30 men as three men have done for themselves now. So it's 10 times as efficient. That's his claim. Which is incredible, and if you think about it, one of the big objections that you hear from people of maybe the more uh, pro, uh, pro-coercion, pro pro-monopoly violent mindset, the people that support the system, the status quo, as to why we can't get rid of you know government welfare, for instance, is, well, what about the poor? Well, I mean, if you look back, you can see that people were dying in mass in the past right. under this similar kind of system. And then when people were allowed to keep the uh, the efforts, you know, the, what they've reaped from their efforts of planting and, and harvesting and going through whatever motions they, they were going through to uh, to do those things, when they were allowed to keep all that, then they had not only did they have enough to take care of themselves and their immediate families, but they had a surplus, which means you've got enough to give away or sell at very, very cheap prices. There's no problem taking care of the poor when you yourself and your family are taken care of. Once you have enough for you, that's when you are in a position to be charitable. That's when you. That's when you start fe- feeling charitable. When yeah. you don't have enough to fill your belly and your your house is a mess and the you know, roof leaks and things like that, you don't feel charitable at all. Well, not only that, but when you have a surplus, you have incentive to get. Not only you're not in, in, in so much incentivized to get other things, but you have um, you have this idea that well, I have more than I can eat. So I might as well, before it goes bad, I might as well trade it for something else that I want, something else that I value and I, that I need. Sure. And so now all of a sudden you have more trading going on because people have surpluses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We'll come back with more here at 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. You are certainly welcome to share your thoughts on this or maybe bring up what you're thankful for. It is Thanksgiving, after all. We're here live for the Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live. This will be live throughout the weekend, of course. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts. Hour 2 is next. Free Talk. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight is Ian. JJ. And Mark. We invite you to the website, freetalklive.com. You can go there and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. You can actually create the content of the website by voting up and down on what's there and adding new things to the site, uh, new links to articles, videos, blog posts, whatever it is you find online that you think is useful, valuable, fun. You can post it there and others get to vote and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website. 
at freetalklive.com. As we uh, launch here into the second hour of the program, just a recap for you before we get to your phone calls. We've been telling what we the same story we tell every Thanksgiving because we're live on as many holidays as possible. This is not our first live Thanksgiving show. We've done this many times in the past. And each time we like to tell the story of the real Thanksgiving, according to the uh, the journal of Governor William Bradford uh, back in the, you know, the, was it Jamestown, Mark? Well, OK, Bradford was a Plymouth colony. And this is uh, Re- Secretary Ralph Hamer, Harmer. Um, I'm going to go Hamer uh, from the this is from Jamestown. So there's actually the similar things happen that like the king grants a corporation to these uh, a charter to these organizations. They go out and say, we're going to take some land and they go and they do it. And so they're essentially it's a company, as it were. So in order to sort of make these things work, they said, well, you know, all these all you folks are now employees of the company. And by that, they meant slaves, because essentially that's what the model of employment was at that time. I mean, they they used beatings in order to uh, well, every, <laughs> the, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Essentially, everything was the kings at that point, wasn't it? I mean. Not not quite as much. I mean, they had the the Magna Carta had existed at that point, so there were certainly powerful men that got charters. But uh, you know, all in all, the king could do a lot of things. He had uh, he had a lot of power, but not uh, you know complete uh, power at that point. But this is a quote directly from Secretary um, Ralph Hamer of the uh, Jamestown Colony. He said, "We reap not so much corn from the labors of thirty men as three men have done for the na- for themselves now." And, Meaning that in the past, in sixteen twenty one and sixteen. 16- this was in 1614. Um, you're mixing the two stories. <laughs> oh. uh, these these things occurred in different places um, at, different, at times. different times. Ah, I but see. It, it just kept they kept on trying it because it makes some sense to them. I mean, you know, if we could just take control of everything, then you know, it'll be more much more uh, efficient distribution. So, and who doesn't want control, right? So initially, they had a com- communal kind of setup where each individual was to turn in all of whatever it is he made or or grew into a central control. Um, what was it called? The center common stock, common, yeah, common stock. stock, yeah. And then it would be distributed out to those according to their need, and that resulted in people not uh, being as industrious as they might otherwise. And that's what his quote is about there, saying that well, at the old system, you know, there were thirty people working; they would have made as much as three people can make now, because now or then, after they changed their system, they had the ability to keep what they earned. They had the ability to own their own land and to decide for themselves what to plant and to you know, basically be their own boss in those uh, circumstances. And so, therefore, they very quickly found themselves with a situation where they had not too little, as they had before, but too much. They had a surplus, and they had to, you know, give it away, and and that's why they had this Thanksgiving thing because things were so great. They were so joyous about all the the plenty that they had that they shared it amongst themselves and had a great party, and then they did it every year after that. It's the idea. Before these free markets were established, the colonists had nothing for which to be thankful. They were in the same situation as Ethiopians are today. Remember, this was written in 1985, and for the same reasons. But after free markets were established, the resulting abundance was so dramatic that the annual Thanksgiving celebrations became common throughout the colonies. And in 1863, Thanksgiving became a national holiday. Thus, the real reason for Thanksgiving, deleted from the official story, is socialism does not work. And the one and only source of abundance is free markets. And we thank God we live in a country where we can have them. Let's go to the phones. To the fun, Frank, listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. 
Uh, good evening and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Hi, Frank. What's on your mind Up tonight? in the free state. Well, I wanted to say a few things. Number one, the free market has never existed. It's an abstract intellectual construction. There have always been, even with the colonies, there was a warrant that was granted by the king. And also, you'll notice long before that, when you had sort of like the uh, uh, East India uh, Company and the Dutch East India Company, uh, those were actually set up by investors, speculators, uh, people we would call middle class or the banking class. And, uh, you know, basically what they did, they risked their capital, uh, you know, so that uh, colonies could could uh, begin to function. And, you know, it's very expensive. But I wanted to, a point you guys failed to make with regard to the Plymouth colony is the fact that most of the people – uh, were uh, wanted religious freedom, so they were basically coming to the new land, uh, wanting freedom of worship. And one reason why, you know, not everyone was so busy, uh, you know, farming and doing the essential things that we need for our material existence was because many of them were praying and meditating and doing all sorts of things, writing and. So, I mean, that's something, too. Uh, well, the and reason I think they if weren't... you look at some of the collections, you know, it, in the, it, it's not part of uh, Harvard's uh, Belknap Library. You well, if, work, if working the... for a living doesn't reap any real rewards, then, yeah, of course you're going to find no, no, other things to do. The point is that people did work. The point is, I think you're, not you're very well. from a different from a different point of view. Some they worked, worked, but not as, not as much as they did the... after they changed the system. Well, the point is, is you, you really don't – what you're doing is you're taking what is there and what's omitted. I mean, I think if you go back to the, uh, you know, the original uh, documents of the uh, Plymouth Colony, you'll find lots and lots of material regarding uh, theology and spirituality and different things. And also a lot of the people – it was very hard coming over here without adequate provision. Sure. So, and also the Indians certainly helped – the uh, Plymouth Colony, that's something that wasn't mentioned either, you know. That, uh, uh, and then after it was sort of the Western imperialist uh, uh, expansion of empires that, you know, ultimately paid that kindness back with genocide and taking what is not ours, very much like what the American foreign policy is doing now in the Middle East, going into countries that are sovereign, mm-hmm. that have resources, that have their capital, and going in, destroying them, taking what's not ours, and then, you know, uh, putting, establishing, a, you know, uh, a government that's nothing more than lackey to the city of London, the, the city of New York, and the city of Tel Aviv. And, I mean, basically, what we're seeing is, uh, you know, the evils of imperialism, or if we want to say development, uh, you know, and uh, I think those points have to be looked at as well. I like the comment about people realizing that if you're in a do-and-die situation, you better do or you're going to die. And uh, whether that's farming or, you know, building buildings or whatever, but these other points are equally valid have to be looked at. And you can even go... Sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure those are all uh, factors, but I mean, ultimately, when you change incentives for people, they behave differently. Don't you agree, of Frank? Of course. And many people came over and became 
uh, prosperous in the colonies. You know, after their indentured servitude was uh, worked off and they became free men and women, uh, you know, there was a lot of development, but it didn't happen Sure, but overnight. in order to prosper, ideally, you should be able to own the fruits of your labor, don't you think? Absolutely. Right. I agree with that. However, the point of a free market, a free market never existed. No, I agree with that Those statement. people yeah. were, were liable to taxes by England, which is why, one reason why the first Jamestown colony failed. Well, I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's a really uh, prescient point to make, and I'm glad you made and it. The, I, the I the thought about it. Re- I actually thought about interrupting Mark in his story, but I'm, you know, you made the point later, so it's but Okay, so there were taxes, taxes Frank, but... The king. They all paid taxes. Even, even Pennsylvania, that William Penn was granted the charter so that people could have religious freedom in Pennsylvania, they always had to pay the tribute to the king. I'm and not sure about the... the history of the American Revolution, you saw that, and you saw some very articulate Renaissance men. But that was uh, much that, later, that Frank. We're talking about the 1620s that. here, and I don't think that they were sending much of anything back to the king at that time. I mean, they did have the navigation acts and stuff that all came along where they had to send their goods through England and before it could go elsewhere. And then, of course, the, the, the oligarchy the took their they cut. They buy their provisions from, from the company or from the king. Frank, thanks so for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I, I think that he's right. I mean, there clearly was it was not a free market. Uh, I mean, there were likely other taxes we weren't aware of and regulations and things like that. More coming up. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. It's the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. And here tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. That number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there totally free. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, by the way, if you would like to support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in from major credit cards or PayPal. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up, and we will reinvest the money into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. And you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Go get the details and get on board as an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. To the phones and to Mike, listening in Florida. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was listening to uh, some of the comments uh, that were being made about that story, about the history of Thanksgiving, and actually I was thinking about it from something I read earlier today on HuffPost, because they did a piece where I think Rush Limbaugh mentioned about it. Yeah, this has gotten really popular. We've been doing it for years, but uh, some of the conservative talk show hosts have uh, picked it up as a banner along the way. Do you think they're listening? What's that, the conservative? Do you think they're listening, or 
Yeah, those guys. Uh, they, they absolutely. They've listened to the. Sh- I mean, Rush Limbaugh talked about our show on the air one time. Yeah, they briefly. said we we're broadcasting to Cowfields. Right? Yeah, and he was right at the time. He's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right at the time. Whoa. But the one thing that they don't mention is that uh, there's uh, that the uh, essentially it was the religious uh, conservatism of those colonies that uh, resulted in the increased uh, in, in the loss of their charters later. One of the things that uh, the uh, gentleman from New York had said about the whole story from history about the pilgrims coming over to escape uh, religious persecution, to gain British freedom for themselves, uh, that's part of the story because they wanted freedom for themselves. They want freedom to practice their worship, but if, say, if somebody who's Catholic or Jewish or any other form of Christianity they didn't approve of, mm. they didn't so much want freedom for them. Well, you know, it's, that's largely true. Rhode Island um, was set up as by a guy who essentially had some different ideas, and uh, so it had religious freedom. Uh, but you're right. right about the Plymouth Colony and the Massachusetts Bay Colony. That that's certainly Quakers the case. were not very popular. Uh, oh, they kill the them, and uh, witches certainly. Uh, w- Mostly Quakers popular. were. Uh, maybe that's now, what you're dealing with. Not so, not so much. But it kind of hit on something that I want, kind of wanted to talk about. That some of my uh, more liberal and progressive friends, they kind of frown upon me to bring up the idea about privatizing school and homeschooling. No, we need the public schools. And I think, seriously, have you seen what they're doing in the state of Texas with the textbooks? Because we're going to talk about history tonight and the way that the Texas Board of Education wants to kind of rewrite the whole history books, talk about how the uh, talk about more about the Christianity, about the founding fathers, yeah. and a lot of misnomers. Like it, or if, and even if you're someone who holds to science and whatever your views are about climate change and things of that nature, but if you're going to a school that doesn't teach that, if you want your children to learn that, wouldn't it be better if that's your mindset? If that's mindset, excuse me, that's not what I meant to say. If that's something that you believe in, the important of your children to learn, whether you're progressive, liberal, or uh, conservative. I would think that would be something that you'd rather have yourself teach in your own home rather than depend on the public school system. You know, the governments have, through, I mean, throughout time, they've used uh, history as a weapon. They've used it as uh, a way to indoctrinate others. You know, this this works, that works. You can look at the Bible and how it was, uh, you know, refined throughout. The Old Testament was used by the kings and the powerful, uh, the priests that were in their control to essentially hand down dictates through through God. And, you know, that's that's just what always happens. Governments always use history as, um, as a weapon. Why would you want to give them control of, you know, young, impressionable folks' minds and be able to rewrite history. Exactly. I mean, that even goes back to the days of Rome when when the rulers would declare that they're the uh, descendants of different uh, different divinities. And I think Julius Caesar claimed that he was the darling of the goddess Venus, so he was able to use that for a means of pull. Yeah, and I'm sure somebody believed him. Oh, I'm sure. Quite a few people believed him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I just don't understand the the love for the government schools. Besides, just the way it's always been. Like people are so stuck in this this view that, well, my God, if we didn't have the government around, kids wouldn't be educated. Is really seems to be I, where the fear comes from. I think it's also the convenience of okay. handing your kids off to this government institution so yeah, that sure. you can go and work because. Mm-hmm. Your household needs the dual income to support all the uh, desires of your lifestyle, whatever it may be. So the the idea that, well, I, I can get free babysitting if I just drop them off at this public school and then they get educated too. Well, two burns with one stone. 
Well, and you look at tax freedom exactly. day as in uh, middle uh, mid May generally. So the average person is working almost half the year uh, to pay the government. So of course they need a second person working in order to do better. And I can understand that entirely. I mean, I don't. I, I won't mm-hmm. send my kid to a public school. And that's the thing. I thought is, you were considering that. What? Oh, it must have been a private school you were considering. You were considering <laughs> okay. to a private school. I would never send my kid to a public school. Um, but, you know, when you're stuck, you have those situations. I mean, I, I know families feel that they have to go about and, uh, you know, doing those things. The, the difficulty is, you know, when when does it end? Now, the government babysits for you, then they teach them all the things they want to teach them. And, you know, when is the kid yours? By the way, I'm sorry, if I could interject one other thing about the, about the school system. Wasn't it the idea to, originally with the public school system, of giving children time off during the summer originally because of something to do with the summer season, that children be at home and help with the planning? Well, we're not so much an agrarian culture anymore, so why are we giving, why is government giving children two or three months off of the year, you know, during the, during the year, and then they forget most of what they're learning during that time? I don't know. I think it's teachers' unions. Yeah, I mean, if you're a teacher, it's pretty sweet to get three month, three months off a year and still get all the bennies and the perks of having you well, know government. Job. I kind of like it that way. I mean, I, I wish the children would forget more of what they learn in these uh, cage, you know, cages. Basically, yeah, that's true. I wish I could forget some of what I learned. Very good, Mike. Thanks for the call tonight. Oh, hey, before you go, what's oh, uh, what are you yeah. thankful for? Uh, I'm thankful for my partner. I'm thankful that uh, I've been healthy all these years, and I'm uh, thankful that uh, even though I'm standing in line for Black Friday, I'm going to be doing most of the shopping on Live. <laughs> really? Where are you standing? Uh, I'm standing outside of a Target. My partner really wants one of those 46-inch uh, five-screen TVs. So what are they, what are they asking for them? Uh, 299 wow. wow. That's a great deal. Wow. I think I've got like a 46 or 42 or something like that. And I paid $1,000 for it a few years ago. A few years ago, yeah. Yeah, it's all ready. They just come down and down and down. Down and down and down. Now, when did you get in line? Uh, I got in line about 7 o'clock. There was already about 15 people in front of us. But we've got the uh, recliner chairs. We've been just chatting with people. Now, are they giving out tickets? I know that uh, Best Buy and some other stores kind of uh, changed the way they do things instead of just busting open the doors and having people run for it, they ended up actually handing out tickets to people in line to basically give them the res- reservation on the product that they wanted. And avoid the fights. How are, the, how are they handling it there? Well, one person that's a friend of ours that works for the store says they are, another friend says we're not. Uh, we're kind of clueless as what exactly they're going to work, and I hope they pass out tickets because... Do you mind sticking? Actually, I've got a few more Black Friday questions. I didn't realize that that was what all the noise was in the background. Uh, Can you stick with us for a little bit? Yeah, no problem. All right, Mike, more here in a moment. If you are actually in line for Black Friday and (laughs) listening to Free Talk Live, uh, that would be great if we could hear from you, get your experiences. What are things like out there? It's Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. This is Free 
anything you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a mobile site. Go to m.freetalklive.com, and you'll get quick access to our live streams and the podcast. Head on over to m.freetalklive.com. Also, there are links there to different software for different phones that allow you to uh, listen in to Free Talk Live. So, Head on over to m.freetalklive.com. We're giving away all kinds of uh, prizes here during our stocking stuffer holiday season bonanza at Free Talk Live. <laughs> all you have to do is uh, get involved. Actually, it's uh, one's on right now. We're giving away a copy of uh, Guns and Weed, the movie uh, by Michael W. Dean and uh, Nima V. Good documentary. Yep, and you can uh, go and get in on that by going to facebook.freetalklive.com. Like the page if you haven't already. Make a guess between a one of a number between one and a thousand, and uh, one lucky winner. Actually, if there's ties, it'll be more than one lucky. Is winner. that right? So it's not just the first person who guesses it. No. So you do it for a set, set amount of time. That's correct. Got for I uh, do it for four hours. Otherwise, I mean, you know, if it's a thousand numbers, it could be a thousand guesses, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to look through all that stuff. Got it. Um, <laughs> you know, four hours. Whatever the guesses are in there, I'll go through them and uh, figure it out. It's facebook.freetalklive.com. Go like our page. We're giving away all kinds of different things. Awesome. Uh, Yearly the movie. It's uh, R- Ruger's BX25 magazines, uh, Liberty stickers, five packs, Vapor Smith's vaporizers and Tota sacks. All fine, fine prizes. Yeah. And you don't have to stand in line like Mike is right now. At, <laughs> uh, Mike, you said you're at, is it Target? Yeah, it's uh, St. Pete Target here. So you're down, down there in Florida at Target. Wow. Uh, you've been standing in line since 7 p.m. tonight. Yes, I have. And what time is Target expected to open their doors? Uh, their doors open at midnight. Tonight. Midnight tonight. Okay, so they're one of the they're one of the companies that is uh, elected to to move their opening early, even earlier on Black Friday, and so they are not open right now due to the Thanksgiving holiday. That presumably they closed at some point earlier today, or maybe they've been closed all day. Right, they closed at eleven p.m. Wednesday night, and so. Midnight, they'll be opening their doors for their Black Friday sale. What's the scene like right now? I mean, you're lucky you're down in Florida. It's always easier to handle Black Friday if you're in uh, in the South. Dealing with the the cold up north is a whole other story. Although I remember being in Florida and I found you know 65 degrees cold back then, so it was it was still cold for me on on Black Friday the couple times that I went out to it. Um, but yeah. So what's tell me describe the scene. What what are things like out there? How many people are waiting in line at this point in time? Well, let's see. Probably I'd say about maybe 40, 50 people, would you say, Jamie? I think we're about we're up to about 50, about 50 people just some in their uh, lawn chairs uh conversating. We've got a few people playing uh game of toss across and some beanbag game over there and Is this your first time? There. Is this your first My time first camping year. out? It's the first time because usually I'm working, but then I moved third shift. So I thought, of, hey, let's go do Black Friday. And <laughs> It'll be fun. Ahead, I guess it is fun. Wow. Have, have you ever been to one, Mark? No. It no. is fun. Usually people are in a good, Ian, decent- have you? Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've waited outside of uh, I think it was I think it was outside of Circuit City back when they existed several years ago when I was living in Florida. Um, just just to really more just for the purpose of going. There wasn't really anything that I was really hot on getting. Like there really? were a couple things that were okay, but just, just the atmosphere, ex- the uh, sensationalized, just the, uh, to experience fervor. it. You know, I mean, I'd read about it and I'd been I'd experienced it from the uh, the retail perspective, meaning I was working on sure. Black Friday, uh, but I'd never experienced it from the customer's perspective, and so I wanted to see what it was like. And it was very 
similar to what uh, Mike was describing. People, relatively friendly mood, uh, talking with one another. I didn't see anybody playing horseshoes or whatever. Before but, they uh, claw each other's eyes out. But, no, you know, people were relatively well-behaved once the doors opened, uh, for the most part. I mean, they were definitely in a hurry to get what they were looking for. Uh, but I think most people behave in most places. The only stuff that – obviously, the things that make news about Black Friday is when the fights do break out or and someone gets trampled or, or whatever. And those things, those things are always a possibility. But uh, the, the stores are constantly trying to figure out new ways to head that off. And one sure, of those ways for their is, insurance. To, is, is to open early, which is what they're, they're doing – this time, uh, and another one of those ways is to hand out tickets in advance of the the big ticket items for people to be able to actually reserve it. That way, there's not some mad rush for the three hundred dollar forty six inch TV that you guys are are looking to go and uh, and purchase uh, tonight. So you're going to go in there, you're going to hit up Target. Uh, the doors are going to open at midnight. Are you then done? Are you going to go home, or are there other stores that you're planning on uh, visiting? Oh, we are going home after this. Gotcha. Yeah, all the rest of my shop is being done on Amazon. Excellent, which you can get to Amazon, or excuse me, shop.freetalklive.com. Right, you go to shop.freetalklive.com, exactly. and then there, the links are right there to Amazon. Hey, Mike, yep, anything else you want to share doing. about your experience? Uh, well, uh, so far it's been positive, and, you know, I've already figured out what I'm going to be doing when I go to shop.freetalklive. I'm getting all my friends copies of the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> Just kidding. God, thanks Just for the kidding. call. appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. You can uh, take control of the airwaves. So, yeah, it's, it's fun to go out and uh, participate in, in the, uh, the Black Friday. And I guess the question is, how many stores this year will be opening at midnight? It seems like there's kind of been a, a bit of a last-minute rush, at least within the last couple of weeks, where stores have decided that since other stores are opening at midnight, well, we need to move up our time to open at midnight. And so I'm wondering how many of them are actually opening at midnight as opposed to f- the usual 5 or 6 in the morning. It's not going to be great for you if uh, your competition's opening at midnight and all your customers go over there, spend all their money up, um, and then... They're know, sleeping in yeah. at that point. Then they come to you at five. Even if they do come to you at five, that doesn't mean that they're going to have as much money left. I mean, you want your customers with their pockets full of money. So let's continue here. You're certainly welcome to tell us your Black Friday stories. Maybe you have an experience you want to share from being uh, a retail worker on Black Friday. Always interesting things that happen in there. Uh, you're certainly welcome to share your experiences or as a customer as well. 855-450-FREE or bring up anything like Dean is in North Carolina. Dean, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Not much. I just wanted to call, uh, let you guys know that uh, I have signed up and I have pledged uh, to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Wow, congratulations, Sweet. Dean. Now, what was it that uh, that inspired you to do that? Um, just, uh, just the overall libertarian um, philosophy of New Hampshire and the fact that you have so many people... Uh, that love liberty uh, and are fighting for the cause of liberty to make the state of New Hampshire even better, um, come together in one place just for the cause of liberty. Was, uh, there, was there something that uh, that pushed you over the edge? Was it something you were considering for a while, or are you relatively new to the idea and were just immediately excited by it? What was your history with the idea of, of the Free State Project? And have you visited? Well, actually, I, I, I recently found out about the Free State Project earlier this year, um, when Ron Paul came to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and spoke at North Carolina State University, and I had received a uh, little piece of paper from, I guess, uh, one of your promoters that was there just handing out information oh, about Free State Project. That's awesome. And I was like, hey, Excellent. This is interesting, and I'll go online and check it out. And 
once I uh, learned more about it, I was like, this is something I have to be a part of because North Carolina, I don't think, I've lived in North Carolina my whole life, and there's this, uh, there's definitely a feeling uh, within at least Charlotte uh, that Charlotte is slowly becoming the next Atlanta, where mm-hmm. this is going to be even worse traffic and a higher crime rate, and I don't want to live in Atlanta. I'd rather live in New Hampshire with a whole bunch of uh, liberty-loving people that love liberty just as much as I do. So I'm curious uh, about your your time frame. So it was earlier this year. You had a Ron Paul event. You got a flyer about the Free State Project that piqued your interest. Where did you come across Free Talk Live? Um, actually, I'm not actually actually not. I take that back. I was probably watching one of uh, Dave Ridley's uh, Ridley Report videos, and I believe uh, it was LRN.FM that's one of the sponsors, or it may have been actually Free Talk Live that was one of the sponsors, and went and. Check it out. And I was like, so that was post finding. Awesome. So you found out about the Free State Project, went and found the Ridley Report through the Free State Project. No, I, well, it, it, I've either I don't remember exactly. I might have just been on YouTube, like just searching and researching, and just came across it. And I think uh, I'm sure if you type uh, in Free State Liberty Project on YouTube, you're probably going to find a bunch of Ridley reports. That makes sense. I'll tell you what, uh, I've got yeah. another question for you. If you've got time, stick with us here, uh, Dean. Sure. More in a moment here with Dean and your thoughts as well. Welcome at eight five five four fifty free. It's a live Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. And uh, speaking of those website features, there's also the webcam there. Go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room is built into the same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And as was mentioned, the phone lines here are brought to you by SACL CAI. That's right, SACL CAI. They handle accounts receivable for businesses. They can do it for your business. Uh, they do collections in a way that is uh, you know, not sort of the, the normal thing that people think of. They collect with respect. They know that not only do you want to keep uh, collect your, on your accounts, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. They can handle all your accounts receivable needs. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI. Right. Jason Osborne is awesome. <laughs> Is let's continue with Dean. He's listening in North Carolina. Dean, who was at a Ron Paul event earlier this year, and uh, was you know just attending the event. Somebody put a flyer into his hands. It's about this Free State Project thing. 
seemed like it was interesting, checked it out, and you joined up the Free State Project. You signed the Statement of Intent, which says, Mark, what does the Statement of in- Intent say? Essentially, something to the effect that, uh, and I can't get it verbatim or anything like that, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, you'll work uh, you know, as, as hard as you can to bring about a government whose maximum role is the protection of life, liberty, and property. Exactly. And you'll do it with other people because there are uh, about a thousand free staters here now. And of course, that doesn't count all the people who love liberty that already live in New Hampshire that are getting active and excited about what's happening here. And over 11,000 people have currently signed up for the Free State Project. So uh, so again, Dean, congratulations on your decision. What is uh, What do you feel like your timetable is for a move up to New Hampshire? Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping summer's 2012, so just somewhere between seven and maybe ten months away. I'm 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 trying to keep the hardline goal of by the time the uh, Democratic National Convention uh, storms into Charlotte next September, I'll hopefully be out of Dodge and won't have to deal with him. (laughs) Don't have to deal with the traffic. (laughs) May I make a suggestion that you be here before Porkfest and you attend Porkfest? That is the suggestion. Good idea. Um, Can I one up you and say I might be coming to Liberty Forum? Oh well, that's, that's a great idea that's too. That's excellent as well. Forum, sure. Yeah, I mean, if you can afford to come, if you can afford to come to Liberty Forum and afford to move at the same time or in the same year, that's that's great. Definitely do all of the above. Uh, of course, the Liberty Forum coming up February 23rd through the 26th. It's open to anybody that wants to come up. You don't have to be a Free State Project member. You can just want to have a good weekend with a bunch of liberty-oriented people, and mm-hmm. it's going to be an absolute blast. People can go to freestateproject.org/libertyforum to learn more about. Uh, about that event and get signed up there, you can save uh, 10% using our discount code FTL2012. That's FTL2012 at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. It's a great reason, a great excuse to come up to New Hampshire to experience what it's like to be around hundreds of other like-minded liberty activists and you know, also have a good time. And uh, you also get exposed to the winter conditions of New Hampshire, yeah, which oh is yeah. an excellent... Won't be a surprise. Well, it's an excellent sort of uh, benchmark for yourself to find out how you how you like that sort of situation and whatnot. Now, that's not to say that every Liberty Forum features uh, harsh winter conditions. In fact, the, the last Liberty Forum that occurred, uh, that was two years ago, because we've skipped a year with some of the issues that uh, came about with organizing the, the last Liberty or the the one that didn't happen anyway, but it was very nice weather. It was. It was. Uh, we went out and had some uh, some activism that occurred in Nashua's town town square, and uh, that was the uh, the four twenty event. I think that one was in March, though. It was. This one's going to be in February, so, yeah, so yeah. the weather is not going to be. It should so feature nice. harsh winter conditions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it. It's not guaranteed. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's true. It is New England. You never know what the weather is. You know uh, what people say that about most areas, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, so Dean, good. Uh, sounds like you got a great plan uh, ahead of you. And uh, are there others there in the in your area in North Carolina that you think would be receptive to the Free State Project? Can you do some uh, you know some promoting while you're still down there? Absolutely. I actually, um, if I if I get a chance to get out to uh, any uh, any time we get any type of uh, local events or whatnot, if uh, Ron Paul comes in the area sometime mm-hmm. uh, during his campaign, I'll be more than happy to come out and. Uh, do some uh, promoting for the FSB. Actually, just took on a, uh, a day job, so it will help finance my move um, to, to save up a little some cash so I can yeah. move 
Always uh, a good idea to have a, a nest egg uh, when you make a move. I wouldn't recommend that anybody move without anything to, you know, kind of cushion uh, the move, you know, while you get settled and look for look for work, that kind of thing. Hey, Dean, Definitely. thanks for the... I just have a, uh, uh, one quick question I wanted to ask the yes, three of you guys. If you guys could summarize just real quick in maybe like 30 seconds or less, um, if you had any tips uh, as far as what you did to plan between the time that you decided that you were going to move to New Hampshire for the Free State Project and actually moving that would be beneficial for uh, people like me uh, that may have not have thought of everything as far as advice goes. You might want to check the towns that uh, you would be interested in. I mean, it seems like uh, you know there's there's different places that uh, people have sort of the target for whatever reason they may they may like. Uh, you know, King seems to be where the civil disobedience type folks go. By no means is it exclusive that way. Uh, there's Manchester, which is a bigger city. I would has, say Manchester is one of the most robust uh, movements out there. Probably the easiest place to get uh, a, you know a, a, an apartment if you wanted to get one on your own. However, lots of people share rooms. You want to see whether or not that's going to work out for you it's a it's a, it's a great way to do it um you know some people move up to grafton which is uh, sort of northern new hampshire not really in in the north but uh, that's in the middle of the woods yeah well and, of course planning for the location is is important mark but at the same time making sure that you're financially able say oh yes save, we talked about nest egg but it's looking for a job you know if you have a certain field of work and that sort of stuff, you might want to might want to find out which cities are better suited towards that. If if you have to find a particular field, mm-hmm. so you might have a, your your decision to move to a certain location might be based on the availability of work. If if that's what uh, your conditions require, but uh, otherwise, I think definitely. Absorb as much information as you can. I think that I moved up in a way that most people wouldn't and shouldn't move up. I bought a house without ever looking at it. I mean, all I saw were a few pictures, basically, and I essentially trusted the the realtor and the uh, the home inspection to you know guide me in the right direction. The house has worked out. I mean, no, it, it really did. It worked out, but I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. I mean, I would. I think being a little more cautious is probably a good idea. Yeah, coming I, up and renting and kind of sure, poking can, around, poking around rent the state, and you decide you don't like the town you're in you can always you can you know, go move. somewhere else I, I moved up under a, a condition someone shouldn't do at the same time I, I count here i had a place to live sorted out and i had contacted the local temp agency but that's the extent i basically came here about six weeks after hearing about the the free state project wow. with five hundred dollars ron paul Is that yes right? through yeah. ron paul um and free talk live and uh i basically came here with five hundred dollars and just made things work. I landed on my feet, and I was very fortunate. But that doesn't always equivocate success. You're, pr- you're particularly <laughs> skilled, and and you have a a skill that is right. Like, I, I'm a, you know a maintenance mechanic for for machines. You so. do like CAD designs or something. Well, I, I'm just I, uh, just trade CDC, skill. CNC repair yeah, machine lathe. building. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Dean, did that answer your could, question? Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I've read. I've been active on the uh, Free State Project forums, actually looking and trying to. Uh, gather more information before I move. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the job, a good time to, to pick up a job throughout the year is seems to be late spring, early summer is a lot of when the, a lot of the hiring goes on uh, in the free state. That's not I wouldn't go by that. I wouldn't know anything. About I couldn't that. say that that's uh, jobs true are available. Or false. At, jobs are available at d- different times in different yeah. places, depending on different circumstances. We have I mean, one of the best uh, employment rates in the in the Northeast. If you're, yeah, if you're looking for jobs that are dependent upon, say, college labor, so so college students who are, are 
employed to help pay for whatever they have to pay for, well, then obviously you're going to be dealing with the seasonal aspect of college students. You know, if if that's the job market you're looking into. But uh, if you have some skill or some other uh, technical proficiency, uh, you're probably going to be looking at a much different market. The Free State Project Forum is definitely a good place to go to connect with uh, other people that are already here and have been here for a while, uh, to ask questions. Also, there's the Free Keen Forum for anybody that's uh, that's curious about Keen. Uh, you can go to forum.freestateproject.org as well as forum.freekeen.com. And there's also the New Hampshire Free Forums uh, that are still fairly active. Uh, forum.nhfree.com is another place that folks can go. And these are all good good ways to kind of connect with the, the Liberty community up here, get questions answered. And at least in the case of the Free Keen Forum, there there are jobs and housing sections, so folks can go and, and meet up with potential roommates uh, in advance. And and there's job postings that uh, that get posted there. So like if I'm downtown and I see you know a help wanted sign, I'll usually come back and you know when I get back on a computer, I'll, I'll post that I, I saw that sort of thing. And other people do the same. So I hope that helps, Dean. And uh, congrats on your decision. And to anybody else considering it, uh, definitely take a look at freestateproject.org. There's a great 101 reasons there to move to New Hampshire. And I found that very persuasive. 855-450-FREE. If you love liberty, that is. If, you, you know, if you're fascist or socialist or stay something. Stay home. Yeah, just stay right where you are. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Hour 3 is next. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll free. It's the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. The number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And uh, you'll find that there are a lot of features available on that site. They're completely free. Uh, so once again, freetalklive.com. Thanksgiving Day show. Uh, you're welcome to tell us what you're thankful for. Uh, you can comment on the original story of Thanksgiving, <laughs> excuse me, which we told you earlier tonight. The uh, For those of you that are just tuning in, if you missed it, you can actually uh, download, of course, the archive later or just go to lewrockwell.com. Uh, it's right there at the top of the page today. And it's a great story that basically shows the difference, the stark striking difference between uh, different types of economic organization. The guy that wrote the article described it as basically saying the reason the uh, what really happened was uh, the, you know, the pilgrims were starving, uh, essentially, uh, because they had a, a system of, of wealth redistribution that was being foisted upon them, where they were forced to put all of their the stuff that they produce in the same common stock and then take out supposedly only what they need. And that resulted in people being less than industrious, uh, resulted in shortages of all manner of uh, product and people starving and stealing and being, you know, just kind of slacking off. And uh, it was just terrible. So they changed it. Change the system to where people could actually own some land. They could decide what to plant. Uh, they could uh, they could 
keep the but efforts they, that right, they, they keep the efforts uh, their family would keep the efforts of their own labor and that's going to result in people working harder for their family unit and, which we're hearing about actually happening in cuba now uh where they're allowing some farmers to decide for themselves what to grow they're when, actually allowing property ownership now too is that right yes so when so, people can actually uh you know benefit from their labor directly they have more of an incentive to do it they have more of an incentive to put time in to invest uh to think and to uh, you know to strategize and to make things work as best as they possibly can because they benefit and that's okay it's okay to you know, some people look at that and they say well isn't that selfish well it's okay to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself how can anyone be taken care of by you how how well, are you valuable to the people that are hungry or poor or sick or whatever how can you offer anything to those people if you yourself are hungry or sick or poor if one's concern is the elimination of selfishness then one is probably going to come up with some system like socialism i've got that however when dealing with human nature and as it uh, you know as it exists uh, the the fact is that what we've seen so far is when these hard socialism sort of things uh, have been tried and by hard I mean the you know in this case uh, the story we were telling was was very very you know very socialist everybody put all their stuff into a common pot and then everybody took what they needed out of that common pot and that's uh, that's what happened so um, you know when when the results are that well people don't work as hard when they have to put everything when everything goes to everybody they, they find that the if if they slack off they well they're gonna get just as much food as, as before and that slowly productivity Productivity diminishes um, over time. Not even slowly, but over time, productivity diminishes. Um, and hey, well, th- and and to bring up what Frank had brought up, the idea that the people were pursuing their their theological uh, ideas and pursuits, and that kind of um, conditions fosters that that whole thing where I don't have to work; I can just be a monk. And I'm going to be taken care of. I'm going to be fed and, and clothed and, and housed and all that stuff. So I can just be an artist. I can just do whatever I want without regard for my own um, sustainability because I, I'm being sustained. I don't think there were a lot of artists among the Puritans and the Pilgrims. Um, it's, you know, it's a, I'm sure it's a factor. Stark though. individuals. If people, well, can, that's true. I mean, if, if people not, can have that lifestyle, they're going to try to achieve it. Right. Why should I work if I don't actually get to reap the rewards directly of what I do? I'll just sit here and sew things the, all day or whatever. The I'll elders in the I church want. mostly didn't work anyway because they were in charge. So they had their first pick of whatever was in the common pot, and then they had uh, you know the best pieces of land and all that other stuff. So, so that's the uh, kind of the Thanksgiving story in a, in a nutshell. I'm not going to rehash it much more beyond that. Eight five five four fifty three is the number here. In fact, JJ, you actually had a news piece that you wanted to share about a law enforcement officer who did something heroic and was punished for it. That's right. This story comes from rawstory.com. Pro- probation officer fired after supporting medical decriminalization, um, marijuana decriminalization. Joe Miller, who had worked as a probation officer for near- nearly three years in Arizona, was fired in December after adding his name to a law enforcement against prohibition, LEAP, letter that had supported a California ballot initiative to decriminalize marijuana. The American Civil, Liberties Union, American Civil Liberties Union of Arizona this week filed a lawsuit in federal district court on behalf of the former Mojave County probation officer, alleging that the county officials violated Miller's First Amendment rights by unlawfully retaliating against him. There's no question 
Mojave County officials targeted Miller based on his political views, mm-hmm. said ACLU of Arizona cooperating attorney Daniel Bonnet. Wow, the ACLU got on it, got in on that. That's awesome, man. Government employees have a First Amendment right to speak out on matters of public concern, and retaliating against them for exercising their free speech rights is simply un-American. You know, you wouldn't know it by actually talking to them, because if you talk to government employees, frequently, if you ask them for, go ahead, share your opinion on this issue, whatever issue, doesn't matter what it is, frequently they will just back away and they will say, I can't do that, I can't tell you how I feel, I don't have an, or I don't have an opinion, or cover up, you know, in some way. So either they don't want to talk to you, or they don't, um, and, and, or... They believe that. And I think to some extent they do believe that. I, I've heard many people in the military say things just like that. Look, I'm property of the United States government. I don't get to have an opinion. You know, it right. smacks of the whole um, party line politics where you look at uh, the, the Nazis and everybody was – you were either a party member – or you were an outsider, a rebel. You weren't in yeah. with the crew. And and this whole idea of, of government and bureaucracy smacks of the whole, well, I just maintain the party line. And I can't really comment as to what, what my own personal beliefs are, but the party's beliefs are this. And and that's kind of what the state seems to be coming right now. Yep. And, and the reason for that, whether it's spoken or unspoken amongst the party, or in this case, the state, right. is that you step out of line, you'll be punished. They know this, and there's evidence of it. Uh, our yeah, friend, there is evidence of our it. Our friend Brad Jardis, he did the same thing. He joined law enforcement against prohibition. In this case, the guy just signed a petition or something. Brad Jardis actually joined law enforcement against prohibition, became a speaker for them. Uh, of course, you can learn more about law enforcement against prohibition at leap.cc, leap.cc. But uh, he, he came out of the closet, so to speak, in favor of ending the insane war on drugs, and it was a little while before they got around to it, but eventually they, they did uh, proceed to punish him, and they did proceed to, uh, to go after his career, and they attempted to have him fired. Now, he actually successfully avoided being fired uh, because he had a bunch of uh, liberty activists come out to support him at the hearing, which they originally tried to make closed, but he insisted that it be public. And he knew the law. Right. And that, thir- you know, like 50 or 60 liberty activists came out to support him. They ended up the, you know, the board of selectmen in that town that in which he was working decided to retain his services at that point as an officer. But that didn't mean that him going to work was going to be any easier because he still has to work with all these other a-holes that uh, that hate him. Right. He spoke against the party line and the party itself, the rest of his co-workers, those who still believe in this ideology of the state is great, whatever it is. They, they, of course, think of him as a heretic. Well, I don't even know what they thought about uh, the state necessarily, but in this case, the the police and especially and the police union, uh, these were all members of the police union, understood and I think strongly understood that their jobs are in danger if they don't support this war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Miller added his name to a leap letter in June that endorsed California's Proposition 19 an initiative on the state's November ballot that would allow adults to possess and grow small amounts of marijuana for personal use. 31 other law enforcement officers also signed the letter. Wow. Despite the letter's disclaimer making it clear that he was not speaking on behalf of the county, Miller was terminated because he, quote, failed to maintain neutrality in action and appearance when he (laughs) gave permission to the Law Enforcement Against Prohibition organization to include his job title and department. Deputy Prohibition Officer Mohammed Failure County. to maintain neutrality. I've been at plenty of uh, I've been at plenty of these hearings that they've had for like legalizing marijuana or med- medicinal marijuana, and the cops come out 
and yeah. they favor the continuing prohibition, so they're clearly not neutral. Had, if bureaucrats had to be neutral, then why don't they get a vote? More coming up here at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. People in government should be able to speak out. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Just dial in to the toll-free number. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything. That's the point of this program. It's the live Thanksgiving Day edition, and uh, we'll take your calls at uh, 855-450-FREE. More coming up here in a moment uh, about the situation with uh, the police not being allowed to express themselves, being punished, even fired uh, for expressing their opinion. But first, Thanksgiving is a day that we celebrate having plenty. But there are times when people don't have plenty, whether it's from an unemployment, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters. There's just to name a few of the things that can happen. It's good to have some food on hand, especially food that will store for a long time so you don't have to think about it. Food that uh, can store for 25 years in its own metal mylar pouches that you can prepare with nothing but hot water. Actually, you can prepare it with cold water if you had to. It just take longer for it to, to sort of soak in. That comes in a uh, big plastic uh, tote that uh, makes it easy to, to store. You can get that from wisefoodstorage.com. So all you have to do is uh, use coupon code FTL, get a free sample and try it out. Before you do anything else, get a free sample of this food. It's great. It tastes awesome. Use promo code FTL. When you decide to order, you'll get uh, no-cost shipping and 10% off just by using the coupon code FTL. It's wisefoodstorage.com. Call 855-FOODWISE. WiseFoodStorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. I use I have this stuff on, on hand, and I think it's great, and it makes me feel better that I do. It's uh, WiseFoodStorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. Now, it, it isn't necessarily like this everywhere, but it certainly is like it in enough places to make it so cops and other government bureaucrats are scared to death to actually come out and express their opinions if their opinions differ from the official party line of the state. And that's what you're sharing with us, JJ. That's right. A California police officer has been fired. Uh, he's, he's he's an Arizona uh, uh, probation, probation oh, I'm uh, sorry. county probation officer, but he signed a letter in June that supported and, and that endorsed California's Proposition 19, which had nothing to do with the state he's in. Right. So so he he works in Arizona. But even if it did, he he should be able to have opinions about yeah, he, the things that he's being told. to exactly. do. Exactly. And he he signed this, and this this doesn't seem like he joined it. 
He just added his name to a letter. It's not like he is in leap. Right. You know, Ian, I'm not 100% certain. Um, I think you should be able to have, as a government employee, your opinion. I'm not 100% certain that I think the government employees, if they, uh, it seems like a conflict of interest if they're going to use the government to, uh, to get what they want. But the one thing you can be certain of is if this guy would have signed a petition against Proposition 19, um, that would've there would have been, no been, been no problem. And so this is the targeting right. of a, an opinion. As far as I'm yes. concerned, government employees, um, uh, you know, the, wanting to expand the government or even contract the government, it's a conflict of interest, especially the expansion of government, is a conflict of interest because they're voting for their own jobs. I'd love to be able to vote to make it so that every man, woman, and child had to subsidize free talk live. Yeah. But that would be ridiculous. Of course. It well, would also be wrong. It would be wrong to oh, to vote for it. Uh, I suppose voting for it would be wrong um, if you vote for a larger government. Yeah. So the story just finishes up right here with a quote from uh, Mr. Miller. I was terminated not because my service was inadequate, but because my views on drug policy didn't align with those of Mojave County or That's my exactly superiors right. in the probation department. Oh, yeah. I mean, just think about this. If they actually had I mean, let's just presume this was Arizona where this was happening, where he works. If they actually had drug decriminalization, even just marijuana decriminalization, if that actually happened, it would be a huge hit to the probation department. Oh, yeah. Because, remember, probation is simply a system that is designed to get people back in jail. And that's all it is. It, 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 you, if, you're, if you've ever been in jail or ever been in prison, there are people coming through there constantly they're coming back in because they got violation of probation, and a bunch of them get violated because they get they failed a drug test. And why are they failing the drug test? Many of them are smoking pot, and so the fact that uh, the fact that that pot might actually become legal or decriminalized in some way would mean that they they could no longer drug test people for that. One of the most popular ways to uh, to violate somebody's probation, and so therefore maybe they wouldn't have as many uh, government employees working the probation department. Certainly, if you ended all drug prohibition, it would be a huge hit to the probation uh, department. That's right. I mean, the, 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 this is one of the most useless government programs. It could be. You want to talk about cutting the size of government? You could cut the probation department entirely, and everything would be fine. There's no reason whatsoever to have a probation department. It, it, all they exist for is to give a hard time to the poor guys who are getting out of jail trying to get back on their feet, but they know that they can't do very much because they know that there's a good chance they're going to VOP and they're going to go right back in. So they're, they're living with this axe hanging over their head, and they know because of their experience in jail that guys are VOPing all the time. And so when they leave jail, they're under the expectation that they're going to come back. There was one guy that I was in jail with who was getting out around the same time as i was who said he expects to be back because his situation was he you know he has no friends left he thought his friends were in his drug world but they weren't because when you go to jail you find out who your real friends right. are none of and his drug not. buddies <laughs> came to visit him the only people who came to visit him in jail were some of his family members his family lives in massachusetts so he wants to go and live and work in massachusetts but the probation system in all of its wisdom decides that Part of the probation is you've got to stay in New Hampshire. So for some well, reason they get more, they get money from the probation the probation department gets money correct. from probationers a so. certain money a certain amount each week or each month I believe is what they have to so pay they make out. it difficult in order to switch you can switch but it, he, it it can be difficult right he said that he can beg Massachusetts to allow him into their probation system but he didn't seem too certain as to how effective that would be 
And if Massachusetts wouldn't let him in, he said he's going there anyway because he's got nowhere to live. He's got no, you know, he's got nothing in New Hampshire for him, and everything is for him down in Massachusetts. I'd let, rather live in poverty um, in New Hampshire and not in jail than I would, uh, you know, run off to Massachusetts. Most frankly. of these guys would rather be in jail. Most of them, when and I don't blame them. I I would rather be in jail than on probation. Okay, probation yeah, a lot of sucks. a lot of people, um, you know, do do make the decision to to take jail over probation. They come into your true. home anytime they want. Search absolutely everything that you have. You can get a VOP because let's say like a lot again. A lot of these guys have nothing when they get out of jail. They've lost their job. They got no friends left. They're coming out to nothing except for whatever family is willing to take them in. So you move back in with mom and dad. Okay. Sure. Probation officer shows up at your house, goes through all your your belongings, goes through the refrigerator. Oh, you've got a bottle of beer in this fridge. That's a violation of... Wait, 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 but but, but it's not mine. It's It's my dad's dad's beer. beer. Oh, that doesn't matter there, kid. You're coming back to the clink. That is not an inaccurate statement. Even if you're telling the truth, even if it really is your dad's beer and you weren't drinking it, does not Matter. VOP, you're back in the cage. We talked on an earlier episode, I think it was about two weeks ago, where one per- we had said that 1% of the, the people in this country, the United States, this, uh, this area, have, are in jail. Mm-hmm. Okay? But we also, we also found out that 3% of people are involved in the system itself through parole and probation. Yep. Yeah. So that's a lot of people. And what about the ones that have been that are living with the looming uh, threat of, you know, it's, it's more difficult to get a job and all that other stuff. So I mean, what, it's incredible. The amount of people that the United States incarcerates, it's become an industry. It is the prison industrial complex. Yeah, and that's all that the probation office exists for is to give bureaucrats jobs and to keep funneling people right back through the doors of the prison. They never have a chance to even get a foothold in life. And why should they bother? There's always the chance that they'll get a VOP and be right back and lose their current job. I'd still take or- in the amazing universe of podcast, one podcast stands alone in excellence of broadcasting and neurology. It's verbalsurgery.com. That's right, verbalsurgery.com. Get your brain in gear. Get it full speed ahead. Get it going right now, baby, because you are awesome, awesome, awesome. And this podcast, when you listen to it, you will feel better right now. So go to verbalsurgery.com. Get with the program, baby. This is Free Talk Live, and it is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. Joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. And we've got ourselves a toll-free number for you. You can dial in, bring up anything you want, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Invite you to the website, freetalklive.com. Get interactive over at the BBS. It's our forum where you can uh, chat with other Free Talk Live, or interact, post messages rather, with other Free Talk Live listeners. We have a chat room, but that's separate from the BBS. So go to bbs.freetalklive.com, get interactive interactive bbs.freetalklive.com if you've ever thought about filing a lawsuit or uh, defending yourself against a lawsuit and then changed your mind because it's just too expensive to deal with lawyers it's easier just to settle or let it go 
Well, jurisdictionary is a course for you. It's for course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules, how to make motions, get hearings, causes of action, courtroom objections, affirmative defenses, the language of law. And that's important to know. Until you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. You can't win. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. It's a comprehensive course, but it's written in a way that uh, it's accessible to, to most folks. Visit the Jurisdictionary.com uh, website. Download the free tools they have there for you. There's a bunch of them, uh, weekly uh, tips and tactics newsletters, uh, legal flow chart, legal dictionary videos. You can buy the course there, jurisdictionary.com. When you do, remember to uh, use the pull-down menu when you check out to let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. It's a great course. Yep. Uh, 855-450-FREE is uh, the toll-free number here. So we've been talking about the police and government bureaucrats and how they are prevented, basically, by the threat of losing their jobs or – Maybe if not that drastic of a um, of a punishment, maybe some sort of on-the-job punishment like the police, for instance. If the police come out in favor of ending the war on drugs, which is, of course, the sensible moral thing to do, then they might – maybe they won't lose their job, but they'll be restricted to the overnight shift forever. Or they'll never get a promotion. A lot of cops like the overnight shift. <laughs> okay. But a lot of people don't like working overnights. So I think it's generally considered to be, you know, one of the worst shifts out there. I don't know that that's necessarily true with police officers. Uh, okay. My experience with them isn't that's not necessarily true. Overnights is when Most the action human is, beings that I know don't want to work overnights. It sucks. True. But so, also people don't want to do nothing. And um, that why do you think they start cops on the overnight shift? I don't know that they necessarily do. They do. Probably, probably because that's when the action is and that's when they'll get the ex- experience. I would say it's probably because that's when most cops don't want to work. But okay. maybe a cop can call in and explain to us uh, what the real story is at 855-450-FREE or somebody who's uh, formerly been a police officer. But this is all, not just something that affects the police. It's something that affects a lot of government employees. Many of them always – you know, they will keep their mouths shut when being interviewed about things if their opinion might happen to be contradictory to what the, you know, the, the accepted status quo is or whatever it is that the government people are supposed to want, which is more government, of yeah, course. Right. Now, I think the government is good about a lot of things in that when they want you to conform – they're really good about getting you to sacrifice a lot of your humanity and a lot of your individual characteristics and qualities in order to fit into the uniform of whatever agency you work for. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like you walk into your government position, you, you become a part of the machine, and you're supposed to leave part of your emotions, your conscience, and your, your thoughts and feelings at the door. When you put this hat on, you're you're not you're not a human being anymore. You're you're a part of the state. You're part of the machine, and you ought to act like that because uh, anything less is is unacceptable. And yeah, you're part of the team now. Yeah, you'll be harmed in some fashion. Nothing worse than uh, than violating the orthodoxy, right? So since we're on the topic of cops, there's a piece over at Lou Rockwell called "An Open Letter to the Police" from Joshua Katz. He writes to the police: "The time has come for you to make a choice." You must choose where you stand. You must take a stand and decide what society you wish to live in. Do not tell us that you follow orders. We dealt with that one decades ago. We don't want to hear that policies are set far above you by those with more power than you. They have no power without you. 
That much is true. You are their power. Without your willing participation, they are nothing more than miserable creatures talking to the walls in overly decorated rooms. You convert their statements into physical actions. You decide which orders to follow and from whom. It's your call. We know why you joined the force. You wanted to protect the weak and the innocent from the strong and vicious. I think that's true of most cops. I think it's true of most. But I mean, there's certainly a personality type that's drawn to the uh, the position because there's power there. And um, those cops exist. Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, the badge heavies. You desired cat's uh, rights. You desired a society. But by where- the way, the, even the ones that are badge heavies believe that they got in. You know, the, what the story they tell themselves is that they got into it in order to uh, to protect the innocent. They're certainly not going to admit to wanting to be sadists and get away with it. Uh, so you know why you joined the force. You wanted to protect the weak. You uh, desired a society where justice is done, the guilty punished. You abhor the use of violence against women and children. You wanted to stand for good, protect those who need protection. Are you doing this now? Have you noticed the decline over the past few decades in public, uh, in public regard for your profession? When I was growing up, the friendly police officer was a part of our neighborhood. Children aspired to grow up to be policemen, and the job was respectable. Seeing a police officer nearby meant safety. Today, citizens are fearful of you. When you drive by, they shudder, the innocent as well as the guilty. A policeman in close range is no longer reassuring. Citizens today worry that they'll be assaulted, be electrocuted, or, in other ways, be harmed by their former public servants. Children worry that they'll raise suspicions. Your job has changed from keeping the peace to enforcing various arbitrary bureaucratic diktats. Have you wondered why? You're the hired muscle of a small group. You no longer work for us, but for an alliance of businessmen, politicians, and bankers. They are determined to make society over in the vein they wish to see it. You are their muscle, their enforcer, and this is why the public no longer respects you, but rather fears you. It's why your ranks have become full of sadists, uninterested in the tasks that motivated you to join the force. It explains the orders you've been receiving. Perhaps, though, you are thinking that the men you take orders from know best. Look around you. Is our society better than it was 50 years ago? Are we better off? Are we a more moral society? Take a drive down any of our highways in your cruiser, but this time, rather than looking for speeders, take a good hard look at what you see. Count the billboards advertising drivers to part with their hard-earned money for a small thrill. Notice how much of our economy is simply entertainment, playgrounds for grown-ups, designed to take away the boredom and disillusionment we all feel. How many psychiatric offices will you see? How many people stream in and out of those offices each week perfectly healthy, except they need a vial of pills to get over the pointlessness of their lives? Can a healthy society ever be one in which most adults take antidepressants? Will you see these obese will you see the obese people lining the sidewalks? After your drive, study what has happened to our food chain and how the government has influenced it. As you drive, notice the traffic patterns. Don't use your lights, drive as the rest of us do. When I question the need for government, I'm often referred to roads as a prime example of the good done by government. Drive through a metropolitan area if there is one in your jurisdiction and observe the traffic patterns. Ask yourself if government has done a good job with the roads. Are the cars moving and merging in ways that seem safe? Are the roads designed to serve the driving public, or do they seem designed to facilitate the movement of weapons first, to make access to major corporations easier second, and the safety and comfort of the public a distant last concern? Ask yourself what it would feel like to drive down that road as a civilian. Notice that when you aren't in the mindset of giving orders, driving becomes a matter of being given orders almost constantly. Signs direct you, under threat of physical violence, to move in certain ways. 
Is a healthy society one in which citizens receive constant orders and threats? In a decent society, would every sign indicate prohibited? Drive the speed limit for a time. Do you feel quite sure that going faster would be unsafe? Of course, we know that's not true. Cops speed all the time. Okay, they, of course, they of course, get to use yeah. the excuse that they're the professionals. Well, they go on family trips. They take cars. They know that uh, they're that if they hand their wallet over with their driver's license on one side and the badge on the other, the chances are very, very slim of them getting tickets. They're essentially, and not entirely, but essentially, they've they've got a they've got a veil of protection from their other you know prof- the prof- folks in their profession. As far as getting tickets go, they're not going to do it. There's more coming up here. He's going to wrap up his uh, letter to the police, an open letter to the police. We'll also take your calls as well at 855-453. The remaining moments of the live Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live are coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you call in now at 855-453, you're welcome to share whatever you want with us. It's the Thanksgiving Day edition of the show. And I don't know if you all want to share what you're thankful for. You're welcome to consider that and do it here as we wrap things out in this final moment, this final segment here. You know, I don't want to sound trite, but I'd have to say that I'm thankful for our listeners. If it wasn't for the listeners, then I wouldn't be able to have the great life that I have. Um, you know, specifically, you know, the, the, the listeners that, that really stick with the show, that listen on a regular basis, that purchase the products that the advertisers uh, advertise, that, uh, you know, that, that, that participate with Free Talk Live, promote Free Talk Live, uh, you know, amplifiers. Those people are the ones that make my life the way it is possible. And, and it, it, it's, it's awesome. I appreciate all of the listeners, but also all of our advertisers who also really uh, help Free Talk Live sure. out. And uh, the, you know, we kind of have three customers in this in this business. They're the listener, or they're our customer, because uh, if we don't put a good product out that they like, they're not going to listen. They're not going to tell their friends. The advertisers, you know, we've got to give them something good on which to advertise that has listeners. Uh, so certainly, the listener is the most important, I think, aspect. But also our radio stations and all the great folks yeah. that work for them and that uh, that help get our show out to new ears. That haven't sought us out as many of our internet listeners do. So thanks to uh, to everybody who's involved with helping and supporting and listening to this show. What about your co-host that really makes your your show listenable? You know what? You're pretty great too, Mark. That's right. And JJ and everybody else. (laughs) But I thank you every night. You know that uh, you do. You, t- you thank me every time. It's, it's it's so weird to have you thank me for the show that's paying my bills. I don't know, it's a strange experience, but you do every time when I leave the studio. Uh, you know that cigarettes will, well, they kill people. You've been probably thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier than, well, regular cigarettes. Listen to this offer from VaporSmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will already, by switching to the e-cigarette, save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling better, and, and smelling better. How about a free starter kit? 
you can get a free starter kit just by purchasing 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL. There's free shipping on all orders over $60 or more, and, a starter, and the uh, 40 cardamizers are over 60 bucks. so you get free shipping and a free starter kit by going to vaporsmiths.com or calling 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Use coupon code FTL. A few more thoughts here from Joshua Katz at lewrockwell.com and his open letter to the police, and then uh, we'll take your phone calls at 855-450-FREE. He writes to the police, people move in constant fear of, quite by accident, violating some rule or other and uh, suffering a penalty at your hand. When you issue a ticket, who is enriched by the fine? Is it you or is it the faceless bureaucrat who issues your orders? Are you pushing, uh, punishing evil behavior or a, simply, uh, or a simple inability to follow the many arbitrary and contradictory rules? Why should you spend your time making money from, uh, taking money rather, from a man who drives safely but in excess of a number posted on a sign and delivering that money to men who spend their time planning mass murder? The men you serve have had their chance. The world we have today is the one they have delivered. Have they done well? Theirs is a world in which some are forever rich at the taxpayer's expense. Others are forever poor due to regulations preventing them from improving their lot. You are not a leader. You're not a CEO, and you will never be paid as one is paid. You will never be granted access to the ruling class. Your assigned lot is to remain forever hired muscle. Your working class, what uh, Occupy Wall Street calls the 99%. Why do you serve those whose lot is different. You work hard and want a peaceful world. They start wars and collect their bailouts. Why do you choose to protect them? Speaking of Occupy Wall Street, they've been cleaned out of the park. Men like you were ordered to remove them, ordered by a Wall Street billionaire. How much of his money was made honestly? My guess is none of it. He lives on bailouts and demands that you and others like you use violence to eliminate anyone who calls him on it. Right or wrong, do you think they should have had the chance to speak? Do you think it was correct? to order the use of weapons and SWAT teams against peaceful protesters? How do you feel when that took place in other countries? Why is it any different when it takes place here? It's time for you to consider where you stand. The government is force, not eloquence, not reason. The symbol of government is the barrel of a gun, the gun you hold. The government has allied with carefully selected men, not with you, to siphon wealth from the rest of us and award it to the selected ones. They regard you as the unthinking, uncaring tool of their desires. They will rip us off, trample on our rights, and you will carry it out, all without gaining a thing for yourself. Will you prove them right, or will you stand against this? Will you join us in calling for a free market, or one where some participants do not get bailed out while others get regulated into oblivion? Will you join us in calling for freedom, or will you help them to keep their boot directly over our throat? You are one of us, not one of them. Do not continue as their deluded tool. Return to your mission of protecting the innocent from the depredations of the strong, and protect us from government by bailout. Well, the politicians are really aren't the strong, and he pointed it out earlier in the, uh, the article. Uh, it's the cops that are the strong. They uh, protect the politicians, essentially. They do. You know, they've got they've got the guns. They have the the um, ability to use them with impunity, uh, or, or, you know, close to impunity. And it's 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 just the way that you know, it's the money that the politicians take that makes them strong because then they pay off uh, the police. I would add something to this briefly, uh, and that is that the reason many cops don't do what he's suggesting is because they are afraid. Yep. And it it speaks to what I, I talk about with the police and that their tool is fear. So they, they have a very intimate relationship with fear because they're always applying it. They're always using it. At the same time, I think they are extremely susceptible to that same tool that they use. That energy they constantly put out of fear and intimidation is the same energy that keeps them in line. 
It's that fear of their fellow police officer, fear of their higher up, fear of that politician. Look and what happened to the guy in Arizona? He spoke out. Right. Who and wants this job? And who would want to lose this 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 thin blue line caste system sort of benefit package they get? Who would want to lose? Who right. would want to give up on this sheer power? Right. They're not the the most powerful, but they are you know the next tier down, and that's you know that must feel good to some of them. Let's talk to Omar. He's in West Virginia, listening to WVTS in Charleston. Hey, Omar. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? You know, I was listening to you saying, like, people get, now they fear fear police. You know, I don't really fear police unless I'm doing something wrong. Really? You don't you don't get that yeah. uh, lump in the back of your throat as uh, the cop pulls on his, uh, his, his cherries behind you on the Even road? Even if you see him. Well, I mean, they're just, they're, they're doing a job also. And it's a job that we need to have. You know, because... Well, yeah. it'd be nice to have peace officers, but I don't think we need people being thrown in cages well, I, for having plants in their pocket. Don't you agree that if a police officer, I, I don't, that, that I, they don't I, have I, to follow I, their own laws? I, well, really, when it's just you and them, they've pulled you over, they can really do the law that they want to do. That much is true. But that, that's where you can get one that is a genuinely, you know, an all right guy. He will take it case by sure, case. Sure. Not, not you be another guy. I, that, that much is true, but one wonders why he's making that decision. And if, for instance, you pull out a wallet that says has your police badge in it, you're pretty reasonably certain he's not going to give you a ticket. I mean, they had uh, there's cameras been out where they they watch cops roll through stop signs and then give them give tickets to people for doing the same thing. Do you really think that the world would slip into anarchy if people were able to roll through stop signs? I believe it would be unsafe. You think that you have to come to a full and complete rock back stop in order to be safe? Regardless, I mean that's I mean you're you're getting into the weird arguments that the, the the job that they do ought to have competition in the marketplace. That's the key factor here. They do a job from a monopoly standpoint and because of that they have no accountability. There is no accountability for a monopoly. They 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 can't lose their customer base because they're the only ones providing the service. But here's the thing. That people, everybody hates cops until something bad happens to them and they need to call them. Uh, uh, that's not always true. That's not true. So yeah. when something bad happens, have you have you ever had anything stolen and then tried to the police uh, tried to get the police to recoup it for you? Uh, they don't get anything back. That's right. So, so what the hell they, good is it? To so call can them. you imagine in a in a place where you could hire somebody to get it back for you instead of having your money taken from you, um, you know, forcibly in order to pay this this group? You don't have enough money to uh, hire private investigators and that kind of thing in order to get your. How property about all back. those stories where people call the cops and then they show up and they arrest the people that called the cops? Yeah. Well, I have heard of that, but a lot of times uh, people call cops for uh, for reasons that they shouldn't call cops for, and then they get arrested. Well, no, no, no. There are people that call the cops for reasons that they thought they should call the cops for, and then the cops find a reason to arrest them that was completely contrary or completely different from the original reason that they were called for, simply because... We're not claiming that we don't need protection, dude. What we're claiming is the customer service that is provided in a monopoly system generally stinks. Would you disagree with that statement? I agree with that totally. Then do you, do you also agree that police have a monopoly on the uh, enforcement of laws in a given geographic area? Oh. Uh, uh, that's their job. It is their job. I, I, that's what I'm saying, is that their job, as it is designed, is entirely inefficient and provides very bad customer service. You've agreed. Well... Okay, I've agreed that in most monopoly situations... Oh, there's good monopolies. There's good monopolies where people who are unaccountable for their actions um, actually work out, right? Well, well, 
they're accountable for their actions. That's they're not accountable for their actions. That's why they don't get tickets, and you do. Yeah, yeah. That's why whenever they uh, bust, you know, whenever they arrest people or burn houses down or hurt their people, their union protects them from their actions. They get they get paid vacations. Omar, call us back tomorrow night if you want to continue that's this why, discussion. Uh, that's why people we'll, get. We'll be on the air tomorrow night. You can call us then. Talk to you then. freetalklive.com. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com.